I'm in the studio with Kathleen Johnson. Kathleen, I had a fancy intro set up for our conversation, but first off, wow, <laughs> you sound incredible on that. What is it that you had your headphones on, you were diving into that performance as you were listening to you singing, I'd Rather Go Blind. What were you thinking about? What were you remembering? I was trying to think of what was I doing in that studio that day, <laughs> channeling the energy. Yeah, absolutely. It's not an easy task with Etta James. Do you know every note, every rhythm you're going to do when the band starts playing, or is this something where you're following the spirit even in the studio? You know what? The spirit. Gotcha. The spirit. Well, yep. it, it sent you in the right direction on that particular day, and Thanks. I think it's going to send the whole unit in the right direction this Saturday at 7 p.m. and this Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, the Blue Gardenia performance, part of the uh, second show of the 14th season of this wonderful legend series at the Capri Theater in Minneapolis. And you're going to be joined by vocalist Patricia Lacey and Thomasina Petrus, as well as Kathleen Johnson, our guest today. How did you three come together and decide to do this concert. Tell me about the genesis of this project. Well, it was Dennis Spears, <laughs> okay. and he had in mind exactly who he wanted to ask. And we were all available. Got you. So, so a beautiful thing, yes. And he knew who he wanted. Did he, he know what he wanted, or is the idea of Blue Gardenia and Phyllis Hyman and Etta James and Billie Holiday, who cooked all that up? It was Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, and now um, three world-class vocalists, very well-respected here in the Twin Cities. Um, Kathleen, are you going to be primarily doing the Etta James portion? Yes. And then is Thomasina doing Billie Holiday? Billie, yes. And then Patricia Lacey is doing Phyllis Hyman. Phyllis. Mm -hmm. I think I went to high school with one of Patricia Lacey's children or nephews, Bernie Lacey. I don't know. I don't, oh, okay. We went to Central at the same time, and oh, I know that his, his mom was connected to Sounds of Blackness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of connected to, to Pat. Yeah. Um, okay, now let's let's talk about um, your work interpreting Etta James. Is this was this always one of your north stars musically? Was Etta James, or is this something that you came to as a professional singer? Going, maybe I want to explore her songbook. Uh, you know, in two thousand nine, I started this thing called Raising the Bar and Artists Love, and what I wanted to do with singers, young, oh, you know, no matter what their age is to have them try different vocal stylings. Mm. And so I, although I loved Etta James, I would, would sing At Last everywhere, right? All these events. And I was like, ugh, yeah, I'm kind of tired of it. But when I started reading her story and just really studying her and then challenging these vocalists that I work, you know, that I was working with to capture some of her energy, it was just an ongoing, you know, I just... Project after project, I just wanted to sing. I wanted to sing Etta James. There you go. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you talk about her energy, and Etta James is an artist that I had the joy of seeing live in the 1990s. I was born in 1981, so I was a pretty young kid when I was seeing her, and she mm. talked really openly about her sexuality and her her lust and her emotions mm. and also, like, her day. She's like, I'm sore, I'm getting older, I'm tired. And <laughs> it was this thing where... Except for the fact that she was an absolute deity on stage, she was so human, right? Uh -huh. there, there was something where she was being really raw, but she was also singing with this otherworldly skill. Um, when you're navigating her song, her songs and her performances, it's you put a lot of soul and a lot of grit into what I just heard. Is that a centerpiece of the Etta James sound? It is, but you know, when when you live some of what she's gone through as a vocalist. Which I had not lived at age uh, 13. Of dealing with, you know, the things that she's had to deal with and just being surrounded by men yes. 
yes. all the time and wanting to sing like a man and, you know, be strong. It's just something that I've always challenged as a Gemini. I have two sides, the very sweet and nice side. Then I have this other side that comes out yeah. that I call Drew. And that's the one I have to deal with when I'm dealing with a band of, okay. uh, of men, right? And it's, you're just the only woman and they, you know. Eh, and you go, can, we're doing this this way. You I got to get a little grit in me sometimes. Okay. And, and this part of your, a part of this is Drew. That's the name you use to sort of go. Part of it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when we're talking about this particular uh, performance, which is happening on Saturday and Sunday at the Capri Theater, um, one thing that is sort of set up as the through line is some of the personal travails that these women faced during their career. Um, Phyllis Hyman um, uh, died of suicide, and I think that uh, a, a lot of the these musicians were pretty public about some of their struggles. That's an important story to tell, but it can be hard to put it into a concert. Have you thought about how to present that through line of personal struggle with you know public success in a concert setting? Well, I mean, when you hear on the recording and you hear that ah and the, the cry, the the you know, in her song, she, the passion is is there no matter if it's a ballad or if she's doing something funkier or bluesy or, you know, the lyrics and everything, it comes out in the spirit and in the emotions, uh, you know, of the, of the, from the heart, you know, and that's, that's the kind of singer that I am. Well, it's, you know, you don't need to tell us. We just heard it and you <laughs> certainly sounded like it. Uh, this concert, Kathleen Johnson, Patricia Lacey, Thomasina Petrus, the band looks spectacular. Brian Zimniak, Anibal Soros, Greg Schutte, and David Island on saxophone. When you're actually preparing for this thing, Kathleen, what song are you most looking forward to singing? Oh, you know what? Now I love At Last Again. Okay. I, it, like Born Again. It was really you had, you and had truly. sung it too many times. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just getting together with the producer, which is my brother, Kirk Johnson, and going into the studio in the last days of flight time. This was one of the projects we um, you know, were able to record before they tore it down. Yep. And, and it's just a, it's just a wonderful thing to... Um, to tr- Try to love a song again, yeah. you know, after you've sung it, sung it, sung it hundreds of millions of times, and then you're going to record it. It's yeah. different. Yeah, you, you come back to it, you find it. So, so that's what you got circled on your set list. Uh, we're really looking forward to these shows. It's on Saturday and Sunday at the Capri Theater. Um, I'm really thankful for you to come by. We're going to listen to a little bit of Thomasina Petrus's uh, music, a part of her Billie Holiday album, where it's not like she, she did Strange Fruit, but it's not all Billie Holiday tunes. The idea is kind of what if Billie Holiday had stayed alive and had been around for longer mm-hmm. and, and how would she have done some of these songs. So we're going to hear uh, Our Day Will Come. Uh, but before we bid you adieu, uh, anything else you want to mention, Kathleen Johnson? Oh, no, I'm just, come out, everybody, and come and just feel the spirit move in the room at the Capri. Well, listen, we we heard you move the spirit on these speakers, and I imagine in person it's even more powerful. Uh, Kathleen Johnson, thank you for visiting Jazz 88, and good luck with the shows on Saturday and Sunday at the Capri Theater. Thank you.